Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one, we're live. I'm joined here at the helm by my co-host and brother in the martial arts, Sifu Robert Steele. Let's pull his mic up here. Hey, how you doing, Sifu Bob? <laughs> Are you really sure that you want to make my mic live? This is going to be an interesting show. <laughs> That's what I get for trying to post stuff and blah, blah, blah at the same time. While I'm talking, it is like walking and chewing gum at the same time. <laughs> Well, okay, so you and I, but you and I have to clear the air about something. You you took this test, you took this test this week, this age test, then you accused me of hacking into it because it showed that you look 59 years old. Now, (laughs) if if I was going to hack your age test, don't you think it would have been a little bit higher? listeners and then he takes the test right and then it says he looks 19 and that's I'm all how like, I know it's true and I'm like this test is on crack <laughs> this test is on hey, crack it said I was 19 it must be yeah. true and then if another friend of mine who's kind of like kind of like me you know ended up with something like 60 something or whatever and we were both like this test is freaking on crack and then, and then it gets worse. And then I took another test that said something like, what does your profile uh, picture say about you, right? And one of the list categories was visual age. And I kid you not, it said something like 1,272 years. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I was like, wait. 1,272. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> now, I, I, I think we, we need to just, we need to come up with a disclaimer for the show. What's that? Very simple. The, the okay. ideas and, and what, what was I going to say? The ideas of Seafood Bob do not reflect the ideas of this station or the host of this show. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. 19 years it's, old, my It's going to be like, a, like, an in, like an infomercial. You know, they always yeah. have the infomercial, the ideas. It's going to be the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it slices. And it dices. Yeah. Anyhow. So, listeners. So, are I've got one more. I've got one more. Oh, one more. One more. And then I'll give away the phone. I've got one yeah, more. Go Okay. You, you know, you you saw me pick up my granddaughter. She gets a little fussy sometimes. She'll she's good for about a minute as I hold her, right? Well, every time my wife's holding her, her head is like following me. No matter what, she's staring at me. And my wife and I have figured out what she's saying in her head. 
Please don't, don't let him. that guy pick me up. Please don't let that guy pick me up. Please don't let that guy pick me up. I don't trust him. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> exactly, right? I don't trust him. Go away. That's what is, that's what's going on in her head. <laughs> yes. She's just a little cutie though. Just 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 a little cutie. Oh my gosh. So she takes after very her grandfather. Cute. Yes. Very cute. So listeners, before we get on with the rest of the show, our phone number here is three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. Stay tuned because at around six thirty or so, depending on how long it takes for us to get through this first segment, we're gonna be talking with Sensei Jim Thomas, the co founder of the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame. So stay tuned. Um, But uh, we're going to go ahead and get moving with announcements and birthdays, health news, weird news, entertainment news, and all that other kind of stuff. So let's get moving. Who do we have for birthdays there, Bob? On my end, we've got Sherry Lynch. Her birthday's on the 1st. Manager Gary Lee, his birthday's on the 3rd. And wife, of the late great Jerry Poteet, Fran Poteet Joseph, her birthday is on the fourth, and that's who I have on my end. Right on, on my end today, a Filipino martial arts martial arts brother, Daniel Arola, his birthday is today, and uh, a friend of mine um, that used to work in the Seattle public school system. I think she still works in the Seattle public school system. Um, she used to have me over at West Seattle High School uh, pretty much every quarter to teach a, a martial arts track at uh, at her gym class. Carrie Burr, happy birthday today, girl. And um, let's see. Oh, yesterday I want to put a shout out to uh, one of my old students, uh, Raphael. Uh, Bacamazzo, Rafael Bacamazzo Raff had a great birthday yesterday. I think he's 30 something. <laughs> I don't remember how old he is. 36, 37. Um, anyway, upcoming birthdays. Let me look here. Um, 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 nothing until Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday, August 3rd. I want to send a shout out out there to Rivalin Aquino Soria Patrick. So Rivalin, she went to, um, the uh, Pista Sanayon Festival with me today. And we'll talk about that a little bit later when me and Bob talk about other stuff. Her birthday is on Wednesday, August 3rd. Um, Kenneth Carr, Master Ken Carr's birthday is also on the 3rd. Uh, Master Angela Lee also on the 3rd. And on the 4th, oh, you already said Fran, Fran Petit Joseph. So I can, I can skip that. Um, on Friday, August 5th, one of my students, Steve Grant, is having his birthday. And, and Saturday, August 6th, oh my goodness, I want to send a shout out to my radio and TV instructor from high school. This man ignited my love for all things broadcasting. Uh, Mr. J. Wang, his birthday is on the 6th. So for everybody having a birthday the weekend of the 31st through August, (laughs) I don't know what day that is, August 3rd, did I get that right? August 6th, 
Did I get that right? Yeah, the 31st through August 6th, this tune is for you. We sing happy birthday to you, and may all your dreams come true. Happy, happy birthday. Do you know how you tell when I'm about to do something stupid? You open your mouth. Well, that's close. <laughs> when I say, when I say this, you know, you don't get me too often, but you better enjoy it while it lasts. I bet you. Yeah, I, I say, I gave myself a rim shot because I never I get know. that chance. <laughs> But when I say this very simple statement, we're all adults here. Right, right. You know I'm about to do something stupid. Right, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, when you say we're all adults here, I'd much rather hear, here, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'd much rather hear that. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Oh. Okay. Oh. Announcements. Right. Announcements. <laughs> what do we got? What what's been going on? What's what's what is going on and all that other kind of stuff. <clears throat> well um uh I went to uh, uh Tim Tackett Day yesterday and right then on. I went to uh uh which was pretty cool, pretty interesting, but I had to leave a little early because I had to go to uh another celebration of a dear friend of mine, Don Barrett. Uh, he was celebrating his 40th anniversary of taking over the Burbank School. Now he has three Whoa! schools. Yeah. Right How cool is that? Okay. And, of course, you, you greet him the same way every time. No, I haven't written the book yet. Yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it, really. <laughs> <laughs> There's no high. It's more like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> I'll get to it. <laughs> oh, crap. There he is. Oh, God. What do oh, I say God. now? I, uh, no, I'm just going to say I haven't gotten to it. Ah, but <laughs> 40 years. That's a long time. That's, that's so awesome. Yep. Right on. Now, has he been in the same location for that long? No. 
No, but he's been in actually four. He's oh, been okay. the, where I started up uh, in the Burbank Mall, and then he moved to a location on Hollywood Wave or on Magnolia to do that for a number of years. Uh-huh. Uh, then he moved two, two more other times. So he's been pretty stable. Very cool. Right on. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, my my Saturday was it was just a regular Saturday yesterday, but <clears throat> today, as uh, some of our listeners and and friends saw on Facebook, I kind of repped the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show at Pista Sanayon. Um, a little bit about Pista Sanayon. It is um, the largest Filipino cultural festival in the United States, um, and um, there were a lot of uh, uh, like dance groups that featured traditional Filipino dance, um, comedians, Filipino comedians that were hella funny, <laughs> musical groups. Um, I forgot the name of the guy, a singer, I forgot his name, but he um, was actually a, um, a contestant on the Filipino version of The Voice. And uh, if I remember correctly, he went through several rounds, but didn't get a contract. So he came back to Seattle, which is where he's usually from. And uh, like as with any other festival, there was plenty of uh, Filipino food and just all sorts of stuff. Had a great time. Um, And I put up some live video of some of the dances and stuff like that, just so our non-Filipino friends out there can kind of get a a taste of the Filipino culture through the dance. Um, And uh, the Filipino Youth Activities group, the Filipino Youth Activities Drill Team, <clears throat> actually uh, had performed. And if you kind of want to see how the drill team blends the Filipino martial arts with traditional uh, dances or traditional steps from mountain tribes and the uh, Muslim type of uh, tribal areas throughout the Philippines, go ahead and check out the uh, check out the videos there. Pretty cool. <clears throat> All well, right, so that's that's uh, what I just got back from. Um, so I rushed back here to the studio just so I so we could broadcast. Um, but Bob and I would like to uh, announce another event again, and we're going to announce it uh, two more times. That's the only the, those are the only times we're going to be able to announce it. Um, the Cynthia Rothrock Celebrity Roast <clears throat> is happening on August thirteenth. Um, in where did she say it was? <laughs> I forget. It's in man. It's in Hawthorne, California. Hawthorne, yes, Hawthorne, California, and it is at the Aries Hotel, Manhattan Beach, and that's located at one four four zero zero Hendry Avenue, Hawthorne nine zero two five zero. Tickets are still available. The ticket deadline is the second or the fifth. Fifth. I forgot. Fifth. The fifth. So the ticket deadline <clears throat> to buy your tickets, August 5th. So best way to find how to get tickets is get on Facebook, look up a night to remember Cynthia Rothrock Celebrity Roast. A night to remember Cynthia Rothrock Celebrity Roast. And you'll be taken to the events page and you'll see a um, category on the event that says tickets available go ahead and click the find tickets link and you'll be able to get your tickets the tickets are 125 dollars however 
the $125 includes a, a social hour in um, the garden of uh, the Aries Hotel from 6.30 to 7.30, um, a full dinner from about 7.30 or 7.45 to 9, and that's going to be held in the Matisse restaurant inside the hotel. And uh, then after that, at around 9 p.m. or so, the celebrity roast will begin. So it's going to be it's going to be pretty fun. Uh, we hope that uh, we're, ex we're well, right now we're expecting James Wilson, Don Wilson, um, Pro and, Art, Camacho. Uh, no, course, Art Camacho, the usual crew. And um, the mistress of ceremonies for this roast is none other than Malia Bernal. And we're hoping that her sons, Mark Dacascos and Craig Dacascos, will will be appearing too. It kind of depends on their uh, on their schedule because they're so busy. And many other masters um, and well-known practitioners of the martial arts, Bob and I will be attending. And we're gonna uh, we will we'll have our uh, uh, red carpet backdrop up. So if you want to take pictures with Cynthia or take pictures with us or take pictures with other celebrities, please use the backdrop. Um, if you're, well, who knows, we might catch you for a short interview. We want to put together a kind of like a, a short video, like memory snippet type of thing um, and stitch it together so we can give it to Cynthia as a, sort of a, a memento and as a sort of a thank you for all she's done for martial arts and for the film industry, action film industry as well. So get in on that. See us at the Dynamic Dojo uh, backdrop. See me and Bob, and uh, let's uh, get something filmed for Cynthia. So, and that's that's it, August 13th. So, woo, it's going to be another world whirlwind weekend for me, Bob, flying in on Friday the 12th Fine. and heading out on Monday. It's going to be it's going to be whirlwind again. Wow. Again. Yeah. Again. And uh, but at least I'll have a couple months off before I come down again. <laughs> oh, that's another one. Let's let's talk about that uh, that event. Um, even though it's a few months away, this is the tournament gathering of champions, <clears throat> and this tournament is being hosted by Sifu Angie Abad Mancia and uh, Sensei Jason Mancia. The event is on. Let me find the event page. It's on October 15th, and it's going to be held at the Torrance Marriott Redondo Beach, located at 3635 Fashion Way, Torrance 90503. And uh, this is their first tournament that they are hosting. So please, you know, if you're in the California area, if you're in the state, <laughs> you know, please support this tournament. Um, Sifu Angie's family has been a staunch supporter of the martial arts, not only in California, but you know, worldwide um, for years, just decades and decades and decades. So, you know, show your support and uh, go to the Gathering of Champions October 15th. All right. I think, uh, I think that's it <laughs> for for all that. So <clears throat> I guess with uh, that said, unless you have any other announcements, Bob, we can go on to health news. Okay. So 
what kind of a sleeper are you, folks? Okay, how you sleep can say things about your health. So your sleep patterns. Okay. Now, did you know that here in the USA, half the population sleeps less than seven hours a week? And this was according to the 2013 International Bedroom Poll. <laughs> no. no. You did not just say that. I did. This is this is no joke. This is on my this is on my notes. It's the 2013 International Bedroom Poll. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> I wonder what kind of questions were on this poll. Um, anyhow. I wonder what was on the poll at all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay, I'm done. Okay. Okay. <sighs> okay. Deep breath. Okay. <laughs> to make a... Let me start this again. <laughs> okay. In the United States, half the population sleeps less than seven hours during the week. Now, to make amends, many of us res- resort to catching up when circumstances allow, whether it's sleeping in on the weekends or napping during the day. However, this catch-up can have its own impact on your body, and when the catch-up becomes too much, It can even be a sign of an underlying health problem. So let's look at sleeping in on weekends. Now, Charles Chisler, the chief of the Division of Sleep and Circadian Disorders at Brigham Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, says that's an attempt to pay back privation. But Chisler says that he's not an advocate of sleeping late over the weekend. He calls it, quote-unquote, sleep binging. And he says it's a break from consistency that leads to further disruption of our sleep cycles. Now, let's talk a little bit about sleep itself. Sleep, as many people know, takes place, it takes place in cycles of REM, which is rapid eye movement, um, and slow-wave sleep, that's the non-REM sleep, <clears throat> that alternate in approximately 90-minute cycles. The extra hours of sleep, Um, But more important, the later time of awakening on weekends leads to confusion and displacement in the body when people return to their weekday routine, something Chisler defines as social jet lag, quote unquote. So if you're getting up at 6 a.m. and then noon, that's the equivalent of Boston to Paris in time zones. Holy moly. So making a habit of sleeping in on the weekends is not too healthy, according to to Scheisler. It's a form of sleep bulimia with this chronic binging, he says. Such cycles disrupt sleep integrity, meaning people miss vital moments in their sleep cycles, such as the REM cycles. Now, even worse is the crash and burn cycle that many live by, where they skimp on sleep and then drive themselves to the point of exhaustion, then crash. Now, that has adverse health consequences. It's better to have a consistency of sleep. Now, I, I, I know the crash and burn. I know you, you've done shift work too, right, Bob, where, where you know, your, your body says to sleep, but your brain says, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this. I got so sick. 
I got so sick that it put me down for a whole month. I was on my back for a month. I was that sick um, after doing the crash and burn. It was ugly. All right. <clears throat> Let's go on to the next habit, so to speak, and that's napping. Now, or siesta, however you want to talk about it, right? The daytime, the deep, the bleh, bleh, let me try that again. The daytime nap can do wonders to improve alertness, performance, and overall mood. And for many, it offers a moment of relaxation. However, naps of only 20 to 30 minutes are recommended by the U.S. National Sleep Foundation to avoid grogginess and disruption of a night's sleep. Now, Chisler, Dr. Chisler says it would be better not to get sleep deprived in the first place. However, once you are there, it is important to get as much sleep as possible and as quickly as possible. That's where little naps can help a lot. But the desire to nap every day, despite having a good night's sleep, could be a sign of something more serious, particularly in countries where siestas are not the norm, which it isn't here in the United States. Habitual daytime naps are more likely to be indicative of sleep deficiency, chronic disruption, or a disorder such as obstructive sleep apnea, depression, or cancer. So uh, now here's, here's one. Here's the other, uh, another uh, pattern, the week-long vacation snooze. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> now, when a person is sleeping less than six hours per night, the missing hours accumulate over time. And this I didn't know. The reasons for such deprivation are wide-ranging, including jet lag, caring for children, working late, early rising. But once paid back, the need to sleep excessively should be gone. Cue the vacation sleep fest. Now, you can't pay it back all at once, Scheisler said, of the need to slowly pay back sleep loss accumulated over time. Now, according to Scheisler, one to two weeks is enough to pay back any accumulation of sleep loss in earlier days or weeks. And after this, it becomes physically hard to oversleep. So once you've paid back your deficiency, you can't really oversleep. You can be in bed for 14 hours, but you're only really sleeping for eight. So if the desire to stay sleeping instead lasts for months on end, this could be a sign of fatigue rather than a simple catch-up and a symptom of something more serious. If that sleep amount is 12 hours or more, then something is wrong. So that's uh, just uh, some of the, of the patterns of sleep that um, all of us at one point or another have uh, observed. So it can say something about your health. So that's it for my health news. Let's move on to weird news. All right. It was funny because I was just telling my wife about the bedroom pole. <laughs> Well, this is a weird one. You know how people get used to certain things? Criminals uh-huh. get used to prison to such an extent that they don't know any other life other right. than prison life. So right. they'll end up back there because they have no other choice. Well, right. a woman in Cheyenne, Wyoming, she was recently released from prison in Oregon for robbing a bank in Wyoming. So she hmm. she went into long story short she went into this bank in Wyoming, held this uh-huh. bank up. She just been released from prison, 
went outside, threw the money up in the air, got down on her knees, put her hands behind her head, waiting for the police. Wow. (laughs) Investigators say 59-year-old Linda Patrice Thompson told them she just wanted to go back to prison. Thompson said she had, had suffered facial fractures after strangers beat her at a Cheyenne Park last, last weekend. She, she wow. said she couldn't get a room at a homeless shelter and decided to rob the bank Wednesday because she no longer could stay on the streets, court records say. She faces a detention hearing Tuesday on a bank robbery charge and doesn't have an attorney yet. FBI wow. Special Agent Tony Smith said in court documents that Thompson entered a U.S. bank branch in Cheyenne, Wyoming, handed a teller a cardboard note that said, I have a gun, give me all your money. The teller mm-hmm. turned over thousands of dollars. Outside, Thompson threw the money into the air and even offered some to, to people passing by, Smith stated. She added that Cheyenne Police Lieutenant Nathan Buzek said he found Thompson with a large sum of money when he, when he arrived at the bank. This chick is absolutely insane. She got beat up, couldn't find a place to live, and said, screw it, I want to go back to prison. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> wow. Wow, I know, and right? The, the, the long and short of it, that is my weird news for this week. All right. Well, uh, before we go into entertainment news, uh, we have our guest co-host on the line with us, Sensei Wayne Riley. How you doing, man? Hey, how are you guys doing? I'm doing fantastic. We're really good. Looking forward to having you join us for the rest of the show. So for our listeners out there, please stay tuned because in about between five or ten minutes um, after our commercial break, we'll be right back here at the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show um, speaking with Sensei Jim Thomas. So don't go away. All right. So we left off at entertainment news, if I remember correctly. So here we go. Now, actors actors find inventive ways to research a will, to research a role. Will Smith is no exception. Will Smith turned more than just a few heads when he made a couple of unscheduled stops at LAPD police station last week. But we've learned he meant business when he arrived. Sources close to the actor tell TMZ Will showed up last week at a couple at two stations, including the Wilshire Division, to do a little homework for his cop role in the up-and-coming thriller Bright. While he was there, we're told he personally thanked the boys in blue for their hard work. Law enforcement sources also told TMZ about the visits. He's, he also hit up LAPD's downtown headquarters, where, where he did great for morale, especially in light of the recent tension. We're told Big Willie did his research for the role, took a few pictures, and then bounced. Is that his nickname, Big Willie? Really? Oh, I hope, God, I hope not. <laughs> you know, I'm hoping, I know, right? I'm hoping TMZ just did that because, you know, I'm sorry. Who do you, 
can you imagine him on the red carpet? Hey, Big Willie, come talk to me for a second. I mean, how does... Anyway. You know what? That's like Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson had the ultimate porn star name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> anyway, so on that note, let's go ahead and take a short... <laughs> Thanks a lot, Bob. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> You know, we're just like, we're, you know, we're like nine-year-olds, you know, you say, you know, like, how like little kids, they hear the word fart, and then they just start giggling. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh my God. you know we, we hear Johnson, Willie, and we just start giggling. <laughs> Wayne! <laughs> <laughs> Wayne, I'm not going to, I didn't start this. Laughing, I'm not going to stop, you know that. <laughs> I'm tra- All right, I'll try and behave. <laughs> okay, so on that note, folks, we're going to take a four-minute break, and when we come back, we're going to be speaking with Sensei Jim Thomas. Don't go away, folks. We'll be right back after this. High school is a time for figuring things out, like finding the square root of X when your ex won't stop texting you. Or how to write an essay on Twelfth Night, the night before it's due. It's about making friends. And making memories. It's about deciding where you fit. Where you stand. And what you simply won't stand for. Long after class is dismissed, after you've left the hall and moved on with life, after you've forgotten all the answers to all the tests, You'll remember the day you figured out the kind of person you were going to be. Stand up for someone being bullied, and they'll never forget you. Stand up to bullying. In 50 feet, turn left. Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in .1 miles. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. The Heart Truth is a campaign sponsored by the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute to raise awareness about heart health. One thing that everyone can do to support heart health is to get moving. Health and fitness expert Dr. Pamela Peek says that small steps can lead to big benefits. Throughout the day, just get up and move more. Park your car in the farthest parking spot. Find any excuse to walk as you live your busy life. The key to heart health is regular physical activity and a balanced diet. I help get my patients educated and motivated to stay active every single day. That's why I'm behind the Heart Truth campaign and those who partnered with it, like Diet Coke. Join them this month as they work to educate, inspire, and motivate by visiting dietcoke.com slash hearttruth. Inside this little Burbank building, this is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. It, it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of 
each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go into our Korean section. In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial art. It'll be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is. From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime, Enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Dukes. This is C. Joe Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest? or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk radio show? If you do, you can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. All right, and we are back. If you're just now tuning in, this is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Rashida Robert and special guest co-host, Sensei Wayne Riley. Our phone number here is 347-677-0699, so please feel free to call in. Um, You can also uh, call us on Skype. If you go to our show marquee, you should see a blue S button at the top of the marquee. So if you're on Skype, go ahead and click that blue button and you can get with us to talk with our special guests. So it's, uh, I'm really looking forward to this um, because we have um, a gentleman that I met a few years ago at the uh, USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame event here in Seattle. And uh, he is the co-founder of the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame. Please help me welcome to the show Sensei Jim Thomas. Sensei Jim, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? We're doing awesome. Me and Bob and Wayne, we're doing awesome. We're doing awesome, awesome. So thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to to join us today. I, I understand that you're on the East Coast right now. I am. I, I am. I'm close to the notoriously wanted man, Wayne Riley. Actually. Oh. <laughs> 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 All right now. Every time I every time that he's ever came to a tournament or something, he's always got to crack a joke about the color pants that I wear or how short I am. And I'm just getting tired of it. <laughs> so I you, you know what I didn't say Cinderella. Yeah, he Bob makes fun of my height. So, Sensei Jim, you're taller than me, so you're tall. That's that's all no, I'm gonna say. Not, not, not by not by much. Hey Sensei, are you in town? Yeah, I am. You are. How long are you in for? Uh, until the end of the week, I'll be at the Angle Dojo on Monday and Tuesday, I think. Oh, Monday. Th- I might try to stop over. Um, well, do that. Do that. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll give you a wedgie in person. 
I kid you not. <laughs> you can't wedge you know, that, that, that seam that goes down the middle? Yeah, that'll, <laughs> that'll be Anyhow. Yeah, these, oh. under, these underwear are ripped by Jim. I, I, I'm going to frame them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, Sensei Jim, what we normally like to start off with is to have our guests tell our listeners a little bit about their background in the martial arts. So could you entertain us with uh, your your background? How did you get started in karate and what, you know, yep. what was training like? Two two years ago, I, I bought a book called Bruce Tegner's Martial Arts Thing at the library. There's a thing. <laughs> I studied it. I studied it. studied it. Here I am. And you know... <laughs> You know, I, remember, I remember I had that same I had that book. I, there was like two or three of them. I had those. Yeah, yeah. Was, you know, you you're, only the, you're only the second person that uses that as a joke because my my business partner says that she she uh, got into martial arts because of Bruce, Bruce Tegner's book when it was brand new. You know. You can you can certainly date you can certainly date people by. Books like that, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, because uh, yeah. not just, many people know just that. Just referencing books you like know, actually, that. Actually, he was, right. you know, the, the book was an innovative thing of the time. And, it was. It and was. you know, people, a lot of people laugh about it and things, but, you know, I mean, there was nothing else out there. And he at least yeah. took the, uh, the, the time and the uh, whatever to put it together. But I, I joke about it every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, you know, most everybody knows I, I started as a real young kid, and um, um, but it's been a lifelong journey. I, I guess fifty six years actually. And, you wow. know, but actually the thing is, um, you know, when you're a little child and you study the martial arts or you're involved into a school, you're not really doing a lot. You know, I I know when I was a little kid, you know, I was allowed in the dojo and I was allowed to wear my, you know, back then they didn't have sentry, so you couldn't buy little kid G's. So my moms had to make them. And so um, my dad, my dad being an instructor had his E, of course, but mom made me mine. And, but I wasn't really allowed into class. I had to sit, there was like two or three other little boys. Uh, that were allowed in the dojo because there was kids weren't allowed. And, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> so we, we just sat there and watched, you know, and, and as I grew up in my preteen years, that's, that's all I could, I could do is really watch. But, you know, I went home practice with dad and would practice, but, but I wasn't really heavily involved until I became a teenager. I mean, I've always been around it all my life. So I'm pretty much retarded without the martial arts or, or, um, uh, you know some some of the stuff that I did in, in school and college and things, but right. But you know, the martial arts has been my world. I I hear you about that, where it's like anything other than martial arts is you know kind of weird. You know, like when I was working in the corporate world, um, you know, I I only worked in uh, fields that made use of of martial arts, like security. You know, I I tried to get a, I I actually got a degree in 
computer science and I tried to get into, you know, business and stuff like that. That didn't work. I was stupid because it wasn't martial arts. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like like yep. But now yep. what, the, what style of karate was it that you studied? When I, when I first started, I started with uh, the Shure system or the Shure system under mm-hmm. Robert Trius. Mm-hmm. And that was my beginning. And then as I got a little bit older, then I did some Matsubayashi Ryu with, uh, which is an Okinawan system oh. with, uh, mm-hmm. under, um, uh, Shoshin, Shoshin Nagamini, not directly under Shoshin himself, but uh, uh, Takashi, his son, and mm-hmm. his predecessors here in the States, which would be like Frank Grant, guys like that, uh, Herb Childers, mm-hmm. and, and then I, I studied with the Don Madden, and Don, you know, I, I became really influenced by Don, even though I still had my direct ties with the USKA and, and Robert Trees, all the time that we moved, we had moved from Phoenix to Ohio, um, when I was a child, I, I still had connections with them. But you know, when you're yeah. gone, you're gone. So you had to do what right. you had to do. So um, then I, you know, was connected with Don Madden, which is, you know, he at one time he was the head coach for the U.S. national team with the AAU team that had a sanctioning or was the uh, then had the uh, the uh, uh, sanctioning for the Olympic Committee, the USOC, mm-hmm. and. Um, George Anderson and Julius Theory and um, Don Madden were the officials. Since then, there's been a lot mm-hmm. of splits and there's a lot of different div- divisions. But at that period of time, I, I, I studied under Don and, and Toki Hill. A lot of people remember Toki. Toki was in our class. And Wayne will remember his instructor or his uh, the guy that he works out with now, Doug Yates. Yeah. We would all mm-hmm. travel to Chillicothe, Ohio once or twice a week to train with Toki and Don and, and those guys. And then I inadvertently had my school, which then Wayne came. <laughs> yep. And that was about almost 40 years ago. Wayne was in my schools and um, a lot of good memories. Yes. Wow. That's awesome. Now, speaking of, gosh, you've been in there a long time. Um, Bob and I, we, you know, we love hearing uh, other people talk about, you know, their type of their type of training back in the day, you know, old school kind of stuff. So, yeah, can, can both you and Wayne kind of like let our listeners know a little bit of how your guys' training was back in the day? We love hearing about this. <laughs> there was no nonsense. There was no nonsense. I mean, yeah, no always. There was. A, we didn't it, back it, then. It, we didn't train for for tournament stuff though, you know, I mean, we always, it was, it was always self-defense was always taught in every class. I remember that. And Mm -hmm. grueling, grueling, grueling workouts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The idea, the idea and the intent then was to make the weak quit and make the strong stronger. Mm. But as we Mm -hmm. found out, as time has developed, that does not pay the, the, the power bill and the light bill and the rent payment. Right. So we've had to sacrifice a lot of things with babysitting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm almost to a point where I just don't want to babysit. I tell uh, Lori that a lot at the schools and whatever. I I don't want to babysit anymore. I I love the kids. I love all that. But, you know, it's a drama. It's almost an education of itself because when you teach a child or children in children's class, you're actually giving the parents setting, viewing a lesson. Because mm-hmm. if they're not getting a lesson or happy, they 
the, when once the kids want to quit, which they do so much, then um, you just lost the student. So you've almost got to entertain the parents now. Right. Yeah. But you never had to back then. People came because they wanted to come. And you mm-hmm. could, and we would, and Wayne will tell you, I mean, in some of my classes, I mean, I, I felt like then, and this is, again, 30 or 40 years, 40 years ago, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, if you did not throw up, I didn't. Oh, know. yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah, do there were, there my were buckets always way. scattered around. You could find a bucket scattered around the dojo somewhere. Always. <laughs> I remember those <laughs> days. <laughs> no kidding. I, yeah. Wow. You know, yeah. oh, man. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. It's like, you know, it, it's an interesting point that you brought up, Sensei Jim, in that you almost have to entertain the, the parents, too. Because, yeah, I, you know, I teach kids. And, you know, I teach kids because... I think they need to learn, you know, you know, certain social things and certain types of discipline that sometimes the parents sponges. They are, and that's why I I teach right. them. Yeah. But, you know, I've yet to, and I, I guess I've just been lucky, knock on wood, that I haven't had parents that that complained, except for one. Um, you know, and it was the usual, like, why isn't Johnny a purple belt yet? You know, he's been coming here for like, right. you know, two years or whatever. Well, he hasn't been coming here for two years <laughs> you know? right. he's not coming for a month at a time and blah 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 and you know and and you know at that time I felt like I had to um almost like sacrifice what I was teaching in the art to make someone happy and then I thought yep. heck I don't need that person's tuition it's one kid's tuition I don't need it yeah, right you know, if I, right. you know, I don't, I, I don't need There's no that. sense in sacri- sacrificing your own, your own personal respect that you have for right. yourself. Right. As a, right. as a teacher and as, as a person, as a human being, you know, no one should, no one should have to, have to back down and, and, and change what they've, what they've worked hard to teach all these years. They've put together, you know, they, they've got a program that works. Why do the parents have to step in? I mean, I, I, I love parents. Input, allow- I really do. But, but in this day and age, don't get me wrong. You know, it's not that I don't like to teach the kids classes because there's nothing better than to have those little boys and girls come over and give you a hug before class and after class when they leave. And then when you watch them leave or get out of the car and they run into the dojo, they don't walk, they run because they're so excited they want to be there. And they fall into their arms, you know? You know, yeah. Yeah. And you know, at Christmas time, you get these little. Little Christmas cards or Valentine's Day card or Valentine's Day, you get 20, or 30, or 40 or little Valentine's I love you sensei cards. And, you know, and then when you speak to them, the little eyes that look up to you. Yeah. And they're, yes. they're just, they're fascinated and they want to be like you. You're the, immediately their hero. Yeah. And it's not that I don't like that, but it's just some of the other stuff that. Now, I mean, go to a soccer game, go to a a little league baseball game, and listen to some of the parents on the sidelines. You know, I mean, they're telling the coaches what to do and yelling and screaming, and the sport's not as fun as it used to be when I was a kid, you know, because of that. And the same thing, go to a tournament. I mean, it's ridiculous sometimes, some of the parents that scream and holler. And and Wayne will tell you, I always make that announcement, this is not a soccer game yep. here. Ladies and gentlemen sitting down, you sit down, shut up. 
and the people that are running the show are the people that's out on the floor. You don't come out and question a judge. You know, if you're so good, get a gi on. I'll see your black belt. You go to the rules meeting. Let me see what you know, and then you can be one of the judges. Otherwise, shut up. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, right. I mean, basically, bottom line, that's. I mean, that is that is basically his speech. You know, not not that it comes out that that way, but um, yeah, I do. He does give that speech. <laughs> <Since then. laughs> yeah, it does. Sure. <laughs> but you know what I mean. I you have to. You have to anymore because you know, the parents right. just get ridiculous. Chaos. Right. Right. Exactly. You, you know, know and, and I mean, like, come on, the kids are getting better, paid. Apparently. You know. Yeah. You've got to have yep. a winner. You've got to have a loser. That's that's just how it is. You know, you've yeah. got to have a winner and a loser. Things have to balance out. You know, you can't just have everybody a winner. And I say we've got a winner and then we've got an almost winner. Because tomorrow yes, or, or exactly. next week, and that's be, the way he it could be the other way around. Like you know, you're not a loser. You're out there. You're out there. And if you get beat, well, <laughs> everybody gets beat. But, you know, the next time you go out, if you've taken that lesson and you've gotten better, well, then, or you know, train harder, well, then you're not going to be the almost loser. It's the other person's turn. Definitely. You know? and so, yeah. Definitely. Now, um, I know the, the last couple of tournaments, Sensei, I've, I've really watched you. Um, I mean, I, you really, really, I haven't seen people as, as fair. I mean, there was one little kid, there was supposed to be, a, I think, a, was there a handy capable division Sensei at the tournament? Yeah. Okay, Probably. and this yeah, this kid he fell in he just fell into amongst the other kids, you know, and went through, and he didn't get you win anything because he was put in with the other kids, and I was I was I think the center ref at the time, and I said you know I just don't know what to do. Sensei, what should I do? He said he's an automatic winner, he's an automatic winner. It doesn't matter. He shouldn't have had to go through that blah 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 blah. blah. And the parents come up, and it was just cool. It was really cool, yeah. and I'm glad I was able to, to, to be there to witness that. But it was just really right. cool. Well, it's just well, a special memory I got cost, of you. What did it cost the promoter, me or whoever it was, that does stuff like that? What, 10 bucks for a trophy or 20 bucks for exactly. a trophy? They exactly. They already paid 50 to come compete or 40 or whatever exactly. it was. Exactly. And that's, the same, and that's exactly them. what you told me. <laughs> that's the exact yeah. same thing that you told me. They paid this much money, <laughs> you know. If the kid got missed out, give him a ten dollar trophy, you know. Which one should yeah. I give him? Give him first place. <laughs> right, <laughs> and that's how the conversation went. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Now, the boy's probably a little, little child right now has that trophy right on his TV, and he looks at it every day. And, yeah, absolutely. and so those little inspirational right. things that we can do now as adults to our kids, then they grow up sometime. There are our leaders tomorrow. I don't care if you're in a wheelchair or not in a wheelchair. There are our yeah. leaders. They're going to run this stuff mm-hmm. before we're dead and gone. And yeah. the impact that we make is just is valid and important. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you, the impact it made on me is that here I'm, I've been thinking recently, you know, because I, re- I retired from teaching last year. Uh, due to due to my health and things like that, I wasn't going to do it anymore, and uh, just coach or you know get my boys going. You know my boys are all black belts. You know get get them set up and and get them teaching again. But one of the things that you don't see that's promoted much are are handy capable schools, right? And and, and I think that's something right. that we're going to get into. I mean I mean I teach I teach the cane anyway. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to get into that just a little bit more, start, you know, hitting some seniors, well, things like that, you know, 
Uh, exactly. That's why I got to learn how to use it. Yeah. Dr. Mark Yeah, I'm too. I'm too old to fight. I'll hit him with my cane. There you go. Yeah, talk, yeah. talk to Mark Shuey, definitely. I want right. to get one of his canes. I just got to save my nickels. Oh, and he does beautiful. And you know what, Mark Shuey, just off the subject for a minute, you know, Mark comes to every one of my events. I say, not my events, our events. He comes, and he like he'll be in Seattle, too. And he brings canes that he makes and invites all the military. Maybe you can even help me with this, Christina. Um, the military, okay. he runs a special class. You don't mm-hmm. have to be in the martial arts, but if you, you're a past, present, future, or whatever military person, you can take his class. He gives a cane. I mean, it's all done by a 501c3 project that, that he's created. And he does that out of his heart because he loves the military. So, you know, wow. the cane is a, an important thing. You know, I mean, Mark is really just a, a top-notch, awesome guy, and I love him and respect him to death. Absolutely. Bob and I love him to death. And uh definitely I do want to get uh one of his canes and uh, uh yeah, just just beautiful. But yeah, the the old yep. days, aren't they great? <laughs> the old days. Now do you guys see you know how like, you know, Kata will kind of you know, change a little bit down the generations and stuff like that. Have you right. guys seen any yeah. of that in the styles that you guys um, God, uh, yeah. Well, you know, it, it happens everywhere. You know, you can, you can say you're a traditional stylist all you want. Your instructor does it different than his instructor. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it in some little way. But you know how things are passed. So I could tell you something today, just a little quote or something right. that I said in a conversation. And by the time you tell it to somebody else and then somebody else and somebody else, it's going to change. That's just exactly. nature. But, you know, our forms, I try to keep it as, as true to the way I was taught that it is, but I like the additional stuff. I mean, you know, mm. you can add some raising points or some extra form or key eye or a kick or maybe lower stances than you were taught to sit low, you know, because Okinawans and Japanese typically set, the Okinawans set lower than the Japanese system. But, mm. but I've always added, you know, and, and try to fluctuate that within my performance as a competitor. But, but it's important as an instructor to teach the difference between what a traditional form is and what an eclectic version is. Right. The difference, you're going to learn the eclectic division or the the addition. Uh, Before you can do that, you've got to know the bunkai or the the original mm-hmm. way that it was taught to me. Now, it might not be the way it was three generations ago, but at least it was taught to me that way. And so through research, right. that's that's the powerful thing of the Internet. We can get on Google, and you can do stuff that we couldn't do 30, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. We can learn. We can learn and watch old video clips, and you can see how the old men did it, mm-hmm. the old women, how they would practice with stuff and, and, and perform their forms. But I do. I encourage... And you almost got to. I'll tell you what, any it's any traditional school that's out there that doesn't – I mean, we had to wash the dojo floor before yeah. the class and after class. Yeah. And Definitely. I try to do that now. <laughs> you know, yeah, I yeah, try yeah, to good do luck. that now. You're not going to have 100 or 150 students. You're going to have 12. 
Yeah. yeah. Guarantee it. Right. Those things are yeah. different. Yeah. Exactly. Like, uh, you know, and I'm a firm believer in that evolution of kata or even uh, fighting uh, methods within even a, a traditional system is, is paramount to its proliferation in future generations and stuff. Um, you know, because uh, I've had students ask me too, you know, well, you know, are we eclectic? Kenbo over here. Are we eclectic or are we traditional? And I would just say yes. <laughs> you know, because you know we, you know, I I do push the clean the clean the school. You know, I push the you know like you know that every upper student you know find kind of like someone to take under their wing and help them along until they get to you know a certain rank that kind of thing. Um, we keep the traditions of when to bow, how to bow, and stuff like that. But when it comes to the forms we do, and when it comes to the self defense. You know, like you both said, you kind of have to go with the time. Um, what's that quote? There's a quote that the that my that my Sifu always used to use. He used to say, uh, "When you're green, you're growing. When you're ripe, you rot." Um, yep. So yeah. So and I'm I'm a firm believer in that also. So anyhow, right on. Very cool. Those were the days. Me and Bob love hearing about school because yes, I, absolutely. Yeah. I came into the martial arts in the in the seventies when I was like around eight, and that was when it was still no no gear no we didn't know what foam dip pads were or mouthpieces you know <laughs> yeah. and my and you know and I thought that was like that everywhere and I was in my own little world for about twenty years I didn't branch out into Kajukambo or anything for about twenty years and I thought everyone sparred without gear, you know, even at the tournaments. We had you know the little the little uh, cloth things that covered your fists. Yeah. So you don't you know yeah. you know, there there was no like four inches of padding and this and that and the other. And you know, I loved it. And then I would start going to tournaments and be like, What well, what are these people wearing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what is now you see what the heck you are those things? Mm-hmm. I had this uh, conversation with a gentleman at and an event or two ago that I had, and he was saying, why doesn't everybody have to wear masks or those face shields on their headgear? Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, what? I said, you're lucky that I even say that you have to wear headgear. I'm <laughs> particularly careful. And mm-hmm. his response was, the athletes, when they throw punches and kicks to the face, you know, if you don't have that gear on, some toe could go in the eye. I'm like, well, you know, I, maybe correct me, but, you know, I'm going back. I'm dating myself, but I'm going back, and I'm like, even though you have a, a mask on, that don't mean you can still hit it. Right. That's just exactly. an extension of your face. But that that mask, all that does, and, and I, I told my said, I'll tell you why those masks were created, because some of the big leagues – we're saying you've got to wear them now because guess what? When you came to the tournament, you had to go buy one. You didn't have yeah. Guess guess you made one. Oh, right. You know, right. So they, the whole the whole synopsis of of competition is a lot different than like what you were talking about, Rastia. Back in the mm-hmm. day, when we didn't wear stuff. You know, you had a pair. Of, you know, we would sometimes just put tape over our knuckles. Right. <laughs> right. You know, like back in the days. Back in the days when who were some big names back then? Skipper Mullins, right? Of course, Chuck oh, yeah, Norris. Skip. You know, yeah, all those guys yeah. there was there 
Fred Rand, Fred Rand, and those guys have the yeah, those yeah. guys have the ultimate. We're dating ourselves, you guys. But those um, mm-hmm. those guys have the ultimate control. And if there was a hit, they could take it. And you know, the tournaments that I go to now, I'm not against the headgear. Definitely, I I advocate headgear for little ones. Um, right. But you know, if you're if you're an adult and you're like a, a intermediate, this is just my opinion, uh, intermediate or advanced for black belt then, you know, use some control. I mean, we had to. Right. <laughs> Everyone had still, to. I mean, you know, that, right? a good thing. Yeah, I, I head, head, yeah, head gear's you know, a black good thing. say, you know, do we have to wear it? And I'm like, yeah, you know, we made the rule. It's a, yeah. You know, I mean, anybody, it's anybody could slip. Anybody could fall and hit their head on a gym floor. And, yeah. you know, you could die. Or you could be paralyzed. Yeah. So go ahead and wear the damn thing. Don't argue about it. Well, everything's but about you liability wear, anymore anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That? Too happy, crazy. It's oh, all about liability. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, everything. Yeah. Right. What's, what's yeah. your liability? Yeah. What's your liability, you know? Some exactly. insurance companies won't even insure your uh, event if you don't have hand gear, head gear, seat gear, from what they understand. Yep. Yeah. Uh, how yeah. My my insurance on, on, on my last dojo, it, it stated on there. You, I mean, yeah. you were not to be caught without safety gear. On yeah. during any yeah. sparring session or self defense session, I couldn't even do yeah. self defense right. without having to have something on really? working with the suits. I hated that. Yeah, wow, I hated that. Chest, you know, making people wear chest gear, uh, shin and insteps, forearm guards, elbow pads, headgear with a mask. Uh, you know, because I was just in a conversation with um, with uh, a couple guys at a training session I went to um, yesterday. Um, since you know them, the Barretts, um, oh, yeah. uh, from uh, yeah, Keith and yeah. Bruce. Well, I was with Bruce yesterday, and uh, um, oh my goodness, his name is slipping my mind. Uh, Carl Davis, okay, Carl Davis. He was right. teaching a Aikijutsu class, and mm-hmm. we were talking about waivers. You know, I said, you know, do mm-hmm. you guys need me to sign one? You know, we got into this big discussion because also this is a waste of a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah, matter what they what what you sign you because any, in this day and age, if someone wants to sue you for getting a, a toenail yeah, hung on the floor, they're going to do it. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Our, our attorney told us that a waiver is just a waste of time. It's just deterrent, thinking that somebody, yeah. if they sign the waiver and they got hurt, they're not going to be able to do anything. But they really can, unless you have three documents or three pieces of paper that has been signed. As an acknowledgement, then it's been produced, acknowledged, produced, acknowledged again, produced mm-hmm. and acknowledged yet again, and then you probably got a leg to stand on. Otherwise, somebody wants to see you if they get hurt at the tournament. You are just SOL. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Unless, unless, hey, I mean, even still, they can you know do some things, but at least you won't lose you know your home and things, but. LLC. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, LLC. Right. Woman true. LLC. Very true. Yeah. Anybody yeah, right. that's 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 in business with a school, you know, I'd recommend LLC. You know, they can take your school and the things in it, but they can't take your home. They can't take your personal items. Things mm-hmm. like that. And if you don't have it for forever, as long as you have anything, it's gone. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know right. what? What always tripped me out is that you know. I mean, 
like someone else told me that too. Yeah, you can like put a waiver out there, but it's just, you know, a waste of paper. It's just, you know, something that lets them know that, hey, it's a contact sport and your kid could get hurt. Um, you know, and the waiver that I have people sign, you know, says stuff like, you know, if your kid doesn't listen to the rules or whatever and hurt gets hurt because he breaks the rules and blah, 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 right? So it, it has all these it's a waste of paper because it's two it's, yeah. it's, it's two pages long, right? Well, I, I give it, I give, I give every parent a list of anyway, a, 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 yeah, a they meeting sign to it. discuss all that paperwork stuff and yeah. let them know, you know, you know, this is a piece of paper. This is what could happen. We're not saying this is going to happen, but mm-hmm. you're in a contact sport. You know, if you don't mind, we'd appreciate it if you signed it, read over it. Here's a list of our dojo rules. Mm-hmm. And I give every parent, every parent, a copy of the dojo rules, um, because I don't, I, I mean, I don't mind horseplay. We have horseplay time where we, you know, might play dodgeball or something with some foam balls or something like that after class or, you know, little stupid things like that. Right. But, you know, the kids enjoy them. The stuff that they're not going to get hurt by, you know, it's just so much more to think about now that I'm, I'm thinking about opening another school again. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Hmm, well, yeah. maybe, uh, I don't know. But um, I don't know. I just, all that stuff has been on my mind lately with, with, with thinking about, you know, going back and opening up and, uh, and uh, another I've got thing, a lot you know, more you got insight in here too. too. Having a school is, and I, I've discussed this with Lori and, and different um, uh, instructors that are, part of uh, as a part of my affiliation is I will not teach a private class anymore unless there's an adult or campus mm-hmm. at all ever I ever, agree ever, ever. absolutely yeah, definitely you know definitely stupid you I mean you know I remember back like Wayne you know we date back 30 or 40 about 40 years almost uh, 36 years 36 years I guess um, yeah. we would you know, somebody would say, well, my kid can't make it to class because he got ball or whatever. You know, can we pay you 20 bucks, 25 bucks for a private class? Sure. Well, we're going to go shop. Okay. We'll see when you get back. Oh, mm-hmm. no. Can't do that <laughs> yeah. now. No, can't do that now. Dance nope. school, no. gymnastics, no way. Schools, <laughs> all of them have cameras and or yep. adults, other adults because, because yep. unfortunately, there have been as we all know, as martial artists, you know, like Steve Lavalle and guys that have committed suicide after learning that they're being prosecuted because of touching children. And, you know, they are very successful people, and you have never thought that. Right. But they allow themselves to be in that situation, and I will never allow myself to be in that situation. Uh, Because all all you got uh, a potential candidate would have to do is say, uh, he touched me. Yeah. Well, they don't ask questions. They come and arrest you. Yeah. And we're in this profession as a profession, so we need to protect ourselves. So cameras and extra little precautions are really important to all the listeners and school owners, and some people want to do stuff the old way or whatever, but, you know, it's time to think about our um, liability and what could happen. Definitely. Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. It's, it's uh, it is a Sue happy society now, and which sure. you know, at, I remember me and Bob talking about this not too long ago, uh, about you know we were talking about like 
Well, I wonder if parents like sue a peewee football league when their kids like break an ACL or something like that, right? I bet they won't, but they will at a at a martial art tournament or a martial arts school. Um, and or was that somebody else, Bob? Was I talking with you about that, or was I talking with somebody else? I don't no, remember. I think that, that was somebody else. That was somebody else. Yeah, and you know, and it's and it, and. But I do know that you and I have talked about, wow, times have changed, you know. I mean, oh, yeah. whenever I did a private lesson with my sensei, it was just, you know, the, the doors were locked. No one was allowed to, to watch to get, you know, the teaching, right? Um, <laughs> and now you can't do that. I mean, I do the same thing, you know, if, if, if parents want their kid to have a private lesson, I make it clear that that parent has to be right there in the lobby where Good they can you. see the floor, you know, because um, I don't have cameras, you know, at least inside. And it's, you know, it's, and the parents understand that, you know, which is good. Right. Um, but on the other hand, it's kind of sad that. Mm-hmm. Sure. That sure is, because a lot of times we don't want mom and dads on the sideline saying, Johnny, he says the left foot, not the right foot. Or she says yeah. the right hand, not the left hand. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you're like, shut up. Right. Yeah. I got this. I got no. this. Are you serious? I think I can do this. Yeah, it's not my first rodeo. Yeah, but on the other hand, it's good to have them there. And usually, like, uh, usually, you know, I tell the parents, hey, you know, you know, please don't coach your kid because they'll get confused. Well, why would they get confused? Because I'm the black belt and you're not, (laughs) you know? Right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) That's all. That's in all all part of the rules that I give them. There's no there's no uh, parent coaching or, you know. If I ask the parents, you know, for their opinion, that's fine. But please don't get up in the middle of my class and start yelling at your kid and, you know, tell them, no, the other foot's back. You know, don't do that. Yeah, I mean, don't walk know. on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> please no. don't it walk embarrass- on the floor. They don't, they don't realize that embarrasses the kids. But, you know, sure. for, for me, you walk onto that floor, you know, that's that's my area. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then you that's get a my potential area. student sitting on the sideline watching and they watch the parents coming in and they're controlling stuff and they say, well, I just took my kid out of baseball because of this crap and now I'm seeing yeah. it here. <laughs> you know? wow. you know, the, the, the parent told us that, that uh, the workout that we had had the day before was way too rough on their child and they would appreciate not putting their child through that again. And I said, listen, mm. I said, if you, don't, if, if you guys don't like the way we do things here, I said, you bump them down to a child's class. You know, right. I said, if he's going to be in the, the adult class, class, you know, you know, 14 years old, mm-hmm. yeah, join the chess I said, take him out and put him somewhere else. Said, but <laughs> in here, <laughs> but in here, they're going to, they're going to work their butt out. They're going to do what, I, you know, what I'm having them do. I'm not going to put them through maybe, anything that they know. can't handle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bob. Well, I, you know, I do want to bring up one thing, though, Rusty. What's that? You, you three are old because I have no idea what you're talking about when you talk about the old days. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. He's still trying to, like, you know, he's still trying to play up that whole, like, I'm 19 years old, according to my profile picture. I keep my ass. I'm only... I'm only 39, and I've got about 20 years' experience at it. There you go. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> that, one, that one deserves a rim shot. Here you go. Rim shot. <laughs> 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 
Okay, Bob. Yep. <laughs> okay, Bob. Okay. Now, since Jim, you co-founded the uh, USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame. Tell us a little bit about that. How did it come about? And recently, within a few years, you've expanded to several events a year. How did that all happen? Well, you know, back in the day, um, there was this gentleman who Wayne knows very well, or he knew. His name is Mike Day. Yeah. And we were all part of the USKA um, foundation of the time. And But, again, I had already moved, and I was already in Ohio. And I was a young guy. And what the whole idea of the, the process was then was to just to give a pat on the back to somebody at an event. Not a banquet, but at an event or a little special gathering or whatever. That lasted all the way up until the 80s until Master Trees died. Me and Mike, we kind of like revitalized things. And then Mike, of course, passed away in the early 90s. And I, I took it over. And we went from the Karate Hall of Fame to the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame. Well, that was my, me and my father, actually, um, idea to, to change it to where we could include Tai Chi and some of the newer things that were available, um, but not so much known back then. And, yeah. and so time has went on, and now, it, you know, here I am a little bit older, and some of the people that I really looked up to then are now, if they're alive, are in their 70s, late, late 70s, 80s, 90s, and they're passing away. And so no matter where I would have chosen to do this event, it's going to be inconvenient, inconvenient to somebody. You know, I don't care if you, know, if you do it in Florida, then you get some people in California that's going to have a hard time coming to California. Uh-huh. Right, so true. we broke it up in the region. And the regions all started kind of small. I'm like the big, gigantic. I don't like to have an event where there's like thousands of people because you kind of get lost in the shuffle. It's not intimate. It's not close. You can't speak. You don't, you know, I just don't like that. So in our smaller regions, everybody's spotlighted. And everybody has a chance. And that's why they're there. Along with the other things that we do at the events. But so now we do seven or eight regions a year, and we kind of bring the show to you. And the excitement is um, um, better. People are you know, they come year after year after year. And so when you got these men and women that's in their 70s and 80s and 90s that used to come, it was easy to travel back when they were 30, 40, or 50. Now they don't got to go so far. Now it's not so costly. And it's a lot more work, but but it's worked out really well for us, for everybody. Right on. Awesome. Very cool. So actually, Very. through the course of the year, with doing the events that we do, we have about, we have multiple, multiple thousands. And there's other people that do similar events, you know, and, and God bless them all. I don't, I don't try to dog or dig anybody that's doing these things. I, I, we all have different mission statements. We all have different um, reasonings for doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, mine's perhaps a little bit different than some other visions, which is good because 
there's not just one fast food Burger King. There's a whole bunch of choices, you know. So mm-hmm. people come to our right. event, and it's <clears throat> it's like um, now um, I don't want to be the same as everybody else. Some people are copying, but when you look at the whole whole total synopsis of the whole thing, we have thousands of people that come. But it's over the course of a year instead of one big gigantic confusion that people can get lost in. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I did that once in New York. We had a thousand people or you know, fifteen hundred people. And it was so confusing I couldn't talk to nobody, I couldn't speak to nobody. It was like rush, 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 rush. And you know, that disheartened me. I don't know about anybody else, but I just didn't like it. And so I fixed it. And that's where we're at now. Ah. Oh, very cool. Very, very cool. Now, um, just lately, there's been some good news that uh, there's uh, an upcoming martial arts, uh, USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame Museum, and uh, the ground's breaking on that location. Can you tell us a little bit about that? It already is, absolutely. You know, one of my visions, and it has been for a long time, and I actually did it in Richmond, Indiana. I started started it there for a while. Then we moved everything over to one of my friends. His name was Song Kim. He was in mm-hmm. Lubbock, Texas. Bought a building. We moved everything over there, and unfortunately, he passed away um, two years ago. But um, it was funny because this was a Korean guy. Mm-hmm. He was a Korean Taekwondo guy, WTF. Mm-hmm. I'm a karate guy, old school karate guy. Now, you tell me... Who can remember when a WTF Taekwondo guy got along with an old karate school white guy? Never. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't happen in the 70s. Never. Never. So we got along so well. He said, I got this building. Let's move everything over there. So we did, but it was very, you know, it was almost like um, uh, just pictures, just pictures, Not, nothing more than that until he passed away. But my goal, my vision was, look, we've got to have some place that, and, you know, uh, Mike does a great job at the History Museum in, in, in uh, California. Gosh, what a mm-hmm. great job. I mean, he works endless, endlessly at that. You know, yeah, Gary, that, that's where Gary you and Lee. I met. Yeah, right. Gary Lee does the same thing with just sports stuff down in Texas, in Houston. Um, but it's for sports <laughs> But you know, I've got to have I have to have some place for our Hall of Famers, not anybody else, just our Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I want people to have a place to go where they can not only see themselves, some of the memorabilia that they've lent us, um, articles on them, different things that they promote, produce shows, whatever. That's our job at the museum is to pr- promote them. And so a physical location. So it's not like you're looking online and say, oh, this person was inducted into the Joe Blow from America Hall of Fame, martial arts Hall of Fame of some sort, and his name is listed on the website. There's got to be a physical location that has to have that. So we've been working on this for a while, and now we have a 140,000-square-foot place that, wow. um, you know, 140,000 <laughs> square feet is a big place. And it was yeah, more cars. Yeah. Dang. So, it's like a warehouse. Rooms, 
and I would love to be able to put your radio show, have a special area for it. I want to do the same thing yeah. with uh, you know Alan Woodman's uh, talk radio. I'm going to do mm-hmm. stuff for people that are that have been part of what we've done. You know, I'm going to showcase that. Not too many people are ever going to say, okay, well, I'm going to travel to Belen, New Mexico, to see this. But maybe once every couple of years, yeah, people, and, you know, that's what I thought at first. And then people are saying, I will come. I'll mm-hmm. come once a year or once every other year or whatever. We're going to come. Yeah. And so it's, a, you know, getting those phone calls has inspired us to even more and more and more just go crazy with the construction and the, all the stuff that's needed to, you know, make it happen. So, yeah. Wow. So it's exciting. Wow, it awesome. Oh, my gosh. 140. What? How many square feet? Wow. Like, 140,000. It was an old car dealership. It's on 80 And, um, yeah, so we, we will have, actually, we'll have festivals and all kinds of martial arts festivals and all kinds of stuff there. My, one of the main things that I want to make sure is I don't um, hold this or host this on somebody else's kind of music to be similar, remotely similar. Mm-hmm. On the same weekend or you know within the same period of time. I just think that everybody should work together instead of trying to talk about bad about each other. And uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that happens with tournaments and schools and, and even this this world. You know, I just think that everybody gets along and nobody steps on nobody's toes and the world goes around a lot better. Yes, yeah. definitely. Oh my goodness, that's that that is so exciting. <laughs> we even have a memorial. <laughs> I have we have one room that's for people that have been inducted and since we began in nineteen seventy six that have passed away. Mm-hmm. So we have their pictures, maybe a garment of theirs, an old gi or an old belt or an old trophy or an old certificate or something and a little bit about them. Mm-hmm. And music and and uh uh, you know, memorial music playing. I mean, it's almost like you're walking into a funeral parlor, as morbid as that sounds, but that's what it is. <laughs> it's a memorial room. You uh-huh. know, it's for people that have passed away. Joe Lewis and everybody. I've got garments and things of people that that are gone now, but they're going to be still alive in that room, and people are going to be able to feel it. That is so cool. Yeah. That That is so cool. To kind of bring this is the, so awesome. <laughs> that is that, that is so exciting. So, is there like a, a tentative like uh, date yeah, of a possible? Yeah, originally, originally we were gonna we were gonna try to open up at the end of August, first of September. It's gonna be pushed back about a month. Here's what happened: we got mm-hmm. the building, right? And uh, after we got the building, we hadn't moved anything in yet, but we got the building, and mm-hmm. people came in. Uh, this is through the winter. They came in and they tore a hole in the fence and they backed the truck up and went into the roof and they sold all the copper and trash. It's like tore the ceiling down. Oh, and they just disgusted It cost about over $100,000 of damage. And this is before we had insurance, wow. before we had anything. It was a setback like it was unbelievable. And so, but we bounced back. We've got a GoFundMe page. And, you know, people are generous. People want this to happen, and we want it to happen. Um, and we're doing things. I mean, I've, I've been fortunate enough. i got, like, 40 homes and properties in the Ohio, Indiana area, selling properties or whatever it takes to make this happen because it, it will happen. And mm-hmm. um, the, um, uh, the, it was 
discussing. It was almost like we almost grew up when we went to the gate and we seen what happened. It wasn't oh, like, you know how a car dealership is? You walk into a car dealership and there's like 10 or 12 different cubicle rooms uh-huh. with glass where the salesman mm-hmm. set. We had right. all those yeah. rooms set up where people were going to be, but they broke every glass, the building, the windows. They vandalized the place. So they didn't just come to take the, the wiring. So the police, police said that they thought that probably the people that had originally bought the place mm-hmm. had somebody that had a vendetta against them. And they didn't really? know that somebody knew had got it. That's what they were thinking. Wow. So we had a great idea to put um, a load of um, uh, roofing nails by the gate. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh-huh. So and so anybody that came to well, consequently, once that happened, um, from what I've heard, there's a lot of blood stains everywhere. Now with guard dogs, somebody living on premises, cameras, because I want all these things that we were getting from people before we put it in there. It's all secure, bonded, insured, and everything will be safe. You know, that's my my goal. Right. But it, right. it's a time-consuming thing. So I'm, I'm hoping by September, maybe September's in, set us back a month or so. But, you know, wow. when, you've got, when you've got the, the people and the will like we have, it's all good. Mm-hmm. That just sucks, though. And that that reminds me, I got your letter about sending in stuff, and I'll get that stuff in soon, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, it'll it'll come out with your book, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, I can send a uniform, Bob. I can send a uniform. I can send a mic flag. Right, we we put or a school patch or um you know certificate like like maybe one that Terry signed for you, uh-huh. Christina, or something you know just an old piece of your history. And yeah. It won't be like thumbtacked on a wall. I mean, we put these these things in frames, and you know there we've got showcases and all kinds of stuff that people can actually enjoy themselves while they go there. And then what we're going to do is we're going to dub this also as a tournament um, location because if you can picture how a car dealership would be, there's like 20 different bays right. in the back where the car, they work on cars. Well, that's all open. And it's bigger than a gymnasium. Oh, and wow. so we've got hats and stuff in there. So we're going to do a monthly tournament. Wayne, you probably remember when I used to do in yep. Ohio and Indiana, we did a every second Sunday of the month. I did yep, this up every in, second uh, Sunday. in Seattle. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually in Auburn. Back in the eighties, yeah, on the few remember because Terry would, Terry Faircloth would always have his people came or come. Yeah, yeah. We I think I came the, to one. On fair, on the, please, thank you. Yeah, we were mm. talking about that on Facebook. Um, but since you're in New Mexico, who's going to care? Continue that? Pardon me. Since since you're in New Mexico, who's going to continue all this? Ron going to continue doing tournaments or? Um, Is it just going to oh, fall off yeah, the wayside? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or? Ron, Sensei Ron and Larry, my black belts have been with me since the you know, 70s are still with me. And they've carried everything out for me. Yeah. So it's all good. Yeah. Oh, cool. look, I still come back. I'm here now. You know, I, I come back often. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you do. I, I mean, yeah, I see on children, Facebook when you're, when you're back and stuff because you got your, yeah, your my girls here. here. You know, I just can't yeah. abandon my, my grandkids and stuff. So I come back and, you uh, know. Everybody understands it there. 
So I come mm-hmm. back, and then you know I um um my um the the museum you know it'll always be ran right. So mm-hmm. it might not be open as much as like what Mike Mike says, especially right mm-hmm. at first because it's you know it's all new to me. Um, right. You know, maybe open on the weekends for the first several months, couple months. And, we're, we we've got tours planned. We have a lot of people that want to come in for tours, and, uh-huh. but we'll do the tournament competition and the ground or the um, grand opening, and we'll let everybody know. Oh, that would be cool. I'd yeah, love to come down for the grand opening. I think that would be. You say something. You say September. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. I was talking to Don Don Wilson a little while back, and and Don said he'd be there, and you know Art Camacho and. Gary Lee, I mean, uh, um, uh, shit, Lee, uh, <laughs> what's his name, what's his name, um, right there, Gary Lee, the not Gary, um, you mean Michael, no, not Michael Lee, are you serious, I can't, I can't believe I just got a, a brain fart, oh, you mean um, Eric, Eric Lee, Eric Lee, my buddy Eric Lee. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Big trouble, little China. Yeah, um, he's funny. <laughs> he is. <laughs> yeah, he, he's yeah. there. And all those guys, you know, from LA and and from everywhere. So you know, at least the first one when we do the grand opening um, will be a big one. And uh, then after that, then it's just going to be a matter of keeping it open and keeping it occupied and getting new things and making it more beautiful. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm nice. Well, I'm, I'm looking at my wife right now and saying and mouthing to her, "Please, honey, can I go to New Mexico in September?" <laughs> Did she say? Yes? I know. Me too. Hey, what about so doing the show there that day? What? We, what about we doing the do show that, that day? We can do that. Hey, you we know what? Wouldn't that. that be cool? We could that do that. We awesome. could do a show. We could do. You know, I mean, we can plug it. On the uh, on the show until the grand opening, we can come down and do a show, do some cool interviews. It would be cool. I think it would be fun. That would be. Awesome. I'd, I'd be down to come in, come in and be in for that. That would be cool. That would be cool, Wayne. <laughs> Man, that's a great idea. Wayne, I'm not going to give you a wedgie now. All right, sweet. <laughs> I will. I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> You're too excited about that, Bob. <laughs> Don't try to magic Johnson me, pal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. By the way, Steve, how is uh, Terry Faircloth doing? I haven't talked to him for a year or two. He's doing good. Um, I saw him uh, some months ago. Uh, did a seminar with him. He's doing great. He's still doing his thing. He's uh, teaching um, at his home, and oh, really? doing awesome. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, doing awesome. Long, long time to away. Yeah, progressive fighting arts, and uh, yeah. it just got to the point where he said, eh, you know, closed. So, um, and he's just yeah. doing his thing out of his um, out of his house, and it's. And it's actually doing really well for him because he gets to choose which which students he takes on as opposed to taking every. Well, right. I mean that's what he did anyway at Progressive Fighting Arts. He, right. he got to choose which students he he takes on. Um, but he's got a beautiful room 
upstairs in his house um, mm-hmm. as his studio, so to speak. It's beautiful. It's got all sorts of equipment and all sorts of great stuff. He's got a beautiful multi-tiered yard that any that you can mm-hmm. train in. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's, it, it looks like a rice paddy. Because he's got like uh, like three wow. years, awesome. four awesome. tiers or something. Like cool. it, it was always funny because whenever his students or or whoever would come to the tournaments that I did in Auburn, Washington, mm-hmm. whenever they would walk in, everybody else would just shook their heads like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I remember mm-hmm. those days. <laughs> Where? I re- you know, you I don't remember. Count. Yeah, I don't remember if it was because I think I only went to one of your tournaments. I don't rem- remember if it was at that tournament or some other tournament, like Jerry Gold or something. But I remember one time a gal um, forfeited out of an event that me and uh, another friend of mine were in from from Faircloth's yeah. place. We looked at the we looked at the list, and I went up to her and I said, "Hey, you know, who are we going to compete with? Come on!" She's like, "No, my ankle's like, you know, being weird or yeah. whatever." <laughs> And yeah. and then guess what? About like two hours later, we saw her sparring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you took were, your name off the list? Are you serious? I can't really, really remember about the weapons or um, sparring part of of his school, but I knew his, the people that did forms were like poetry in motion. It was like, oh, so awesome. We never, we never did like uh, uh, sparring. It was all like weapons. Uh, I remember, like, yeah, it was, it was weapons and empty hand. We, we really loved the empty hand and the, and the forms that he choreographed for people um, were incredible. And he allowed us to put our own little part of us into, into the forms. And you know, he's a so glad. I'm so glad you just said empty hand. Mm-hmm. Instead of open hand. Open hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So many people will say, "Okay, our open hand division is." I'm like, "Are you serious?" Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's empty hand. Yeah, it's empty hand because That's I'm going right. to close it right. sometime. <laughs> I'm going to close this hand sometime during right. this form, and I will. I'm even going to do a crane no. strike, and it's not going to be open all the time. And. <laughs> 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 but yeah, um, you know, Sifu, Sifu Faircloth was a firm believer in in that every competitor should put a little bit of themselves into that form, um, mm-hmm. you know, so that way it didn't look like, you know, everybody else is in the same school, right? right. And uh, and uh, then we got into weapons, the sword and the spear. We had several spear uh, aficionados that were just kick-ass. Um, mm-hmm. I primarily was open hand. Um, I I really I really loved doing open hand. Uh, but those were the days. But yeah, was, was, I remember we'd come in and people would shake their head. What's that? Was he directly or indirectly associated with the Tapex there in a Piaf? Um, no, the the Tapex are a different style. They're more like Chunfa Tumpai branch of Kadikambo, whereas we you. were more. We were more along the lines of our, our lineage is kind of it's kind of weird. It's like when I came into it, it was Chanfa Kajikambo, the faircloth method of Chanfa Kajikambo, and then the school got adopted, so to speak, by Al Costco. So we went the road of one hop kendo. So our lineage went right. Chanfa one hop kendo, which wasn't that far of a stretch because they were you know really really anyway, and um and Siku faircloth um, method. 
of one Hopkindo was what um, dominated at that time um, mm-hmm. in in the area, and it was it was it was a wonderful method. It still is a wonderful method. It's uh, right. different than the original Dacascos method in that we don't use the mm-hmm. same form, but we have the same philosophy as Sifu Al does. Um, it's just right. the forms are different. So anyway, right. but he's doing great. He's got a beautiful, beautiful house that he keeps immaculately, immaculately manicured. And, and, and I'm so jealous because my yard looks like, you know, it's gotten no water in five years. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, wait a minute. What do you mean no water, water in Seattle water in five years? Yeah. <laughs> it, it only, no, it, it only looks like that, Bob. It just looks like that. That's all. <laughs> it just, oh. It just, it just looks we like know that. about the rain in Seattle. I know. Yeah. I lived there for eight years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's we're really looking forward to seeing you here in Seattle in October. It's going to be fun. I can't it's wait. Gonna be, yeah, it's it's, be it's so cool to see all the guys that I used to know because, that, you know, back then I had my schools there. And, yeah. um And actually, one of them still is running, but not really directly under me now, one of my students. But that's where I went to graduate school, and that's where I um, um, stayed for eight years. It was so awesome. I love Seattle. It's fun. Very cool. All right. Well, it looks like um, for any listeners out there, we have we have about 15, 20 minutes left to our broadcast. So if anyone wants to call in and uh, talk to Sensei Jim Thomas or Sensei Wayne Riley about karate or just call in to say hi, what's up, and hang out, give us a call, 347-677-0699. It's a sunny Sunday, at least here in Seattle. So if there's anyone listening, they're probably out and about and not wanting to call in, at least in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> and it must be mm-hmm. sunny everywhere else because, you know, the Facebook... Not here, right, Wayne? No, it's not here. <laughs> it's yeah. been cloudy in Piqua all day. We had a little oh, really? bit of rain, but yeah. Yeah. But that's right. coming off of 90-something degree days for four, five, six days. It was We didn't oh, get really any rain. Nothing the like grass that. is all brown. 110 degrees in New Mexico, right, Lori? <laughs> She's listening. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Very And cool. by the way, since I haven't had a chance to congratulate you personally, but anyway, congratulations on you too. You guys make an awesome couple. Yes. Well, thank you. Yeah. You know, you got to you got to have um you got to have the strength. And I I certainly got it now. That's awesome. That's really awesome. <laughs> and I give all the praise and the glory, you know, to my creator, my God. I'm a spiritual guy, and um, I um, say my prayers every day because of that. I, mean, I don't know how – I mean, I was never lucky enough to win a scratch-off ticket and how I could wind up like this is just incredible. So, yeah. He's my back. Glad, glad to see you happy, sir. Thank you. Definitely. Very cool. All right. That's good. My my spiritual guy is is my wife telling me how I think (laughs) and how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's funny. That is funny. 
That is funny. <laughs> All right. So we've got about 15 minutes. So I'm going to bring the mic over here to Bob. I think he's got one last question for us. I do, Sensei Wayne and Sensei Jim. What advice could you give our younger listeners about getting into martial arts, what they should look for, what they should do? Uh, any advice you can give them would be appreciated. You go, Wayne. Uh, do your homework. I'm a, good around. I'm a good follow-up guy. Good follow-up guy. <laughs> uh, just to do their homework, to check around what's in the area, you know, try a, try a couple places out before you decide on anything. Um, you know, don't just walk into a place and, you know, just because it feels good doesn't mean it is good. You know, give mm-hmm. it give it all a try and uh, figure out exactly what you want to do and which style you want to do and dive in with both feet. Well, my take is. Uh... My take is, you know, the relationship that you have with your instructor and what yeah. they have. And it takes more than one visit to sign up. Right. Yeah. You should visit a couple of times. If that instructor was so excited about seeing you the first time that they wanted to take your money, and then the next time they came in, they didn't even know you from the time of day, that's probably not your place. Look at the glass uh, size. Look at the quality of what the instruction is given. And the time that the instructors that are on the floor are giving to those that are just new, not the ones that have been there a while. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, the camaraderie of the parents and the other siblings and the spouses and whatever sitting in the background. Mm-hmm. Look and see what kind of a family that you're getting involved into because what you are truly getting involved into is a family. You're right. not getting yeah. involved into just something that's just um, a BS extra thing to do, to waste your mm-hmm. money on. You're getting involved in something that's a lifelong um ending um, maybe endeavor that will last you forever. And so mm-hmm. those those things are I think more important than how high you can kick or how high this, or how badass you can be in, in twenty days. Mm-hmm. But you know, just be involved in something that's really comfortable and um, and that you really truly feel comfortable in and you'll know that. You can Google somebody and find out, you know, their history really easy. Just because you got a full parking lot don't mean it's gonna be it's gonna be a a happy place. Exactly. Right. Right. Well that's great that's great advice. Um let's actually you know let's let's expand on this just a little bit more. So Bob, what advice would you give little ones? Or even the parents, the little ones. Well, the parents are the real important ones as well. We know we know that the that the kids they get this happy go lucky feeling, but if the parent if they, they if the instructors won't let the parents watch the first class, if if they won't let you try it out, if you have to sign up for a contract right away, this is definitely not the school for you. Exactly. Right. <clears throat> exactly. Good one. 
I'll, I'll just add one more before we sign off. Uh, parents, um, you know, make sure that your kids want to do this um, instead of making your kids live vicariously, you know, and instead of living vicariously for your kids, right? I mean, if you want to take martial arts, then take martial arts. You know, don't make your kids do it just because you did not. Um, but, you know, and support them. You know, if they say it's too hard, I don't want to go back. You know, I, I'm a firm believer in make them go back. Let them learn yeah. a little bit about, about um, perseverance, about going through struggle. Let them learn that and say, hey, you know, that, that roundhouse kick might be hard for you right now. And it looks like maybe the sensei is correcting you a lot and you're probably embarrassed, but you got to really practice. Let's, let's go back. Let's do it again. You know, and don't give in to that. Oh, you don't like it? Well, let's just go somewhere else then where you can be a winner. Everyone's a winner. You know, that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, you know, teach teach your kids about struggle. I mean, they're going to grow up and not know what it is. They, they, ha- they so have I, to. They have to experience yeah. all of that. Otherwise, right. we just, we, what we have is a society, what we've got now, you know, uh, thinks everything should be handed to them. Yeah, definitely. Right. Right. Well, wow, it was a wonderful 90 minutes that we've uh, been on with you guys. Um, Wow, thank you so much, Sensei Wayne and Sensei Jim, for joining us on the Dynamic Dojo radio show I always have fun with you guys. I know, it's been a while, Wayne. Oh, my gosh. I know it's been a while. I've had so many things You can't get Wayne out of the... the stripper clubs and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. Just quit going to, you know, those kind of places and stuff. And donate more time to the show. That's right. I know. And stop wasting my time exactly. on, the, on the ATMs inside of there. Right on. Every time I see him, he's got a wad of, every time I see him, he's got a wad of $1 bills. Now I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Now, before we well, they wasn't for me winning them, that's for sure. Sensei <laughs> <laughs> Wayne, before we sign off, can you tell us the date again for the Houston USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame? It's coming up pretty soon, right? For the what? For the Houston event. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the 19th, 20th, and 21st. Okay, August 19th, 20th, and 21st. Yeah, and everybody can, you know, the whole schedule of events and all the stuff that we we do is on USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame.com. USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame.com. Go there, folks, to get all the information um, on the upcoming Houston event and the Seattle event. If Even if you're from yes. out of state, come up to sunny Seattle because it will be sunny. Well, no, wait, no, it's People not. It's October. Ah. Yeah. And come up to Seattle, folks. You know, if you come up to Seattle, you know, I'm here. You know, come see me. I've got a standing invitation for Sensei Jim and Lori to come join me for steak and potatoes. Yes. We're going to go to the best Maybe steakhouse. Maybe you can even do a Seattle. show there, too. At the, at the steakhouse? <laughs> no, I want to do, I want to, I do want to cover some of the, uh, some of the festivities there at, um, uh, at the Seattle event. So I'll be, you know, I'll be there. You'll be busy with too because you're teaching a seminar. I'll be teaching a seminar. That's right. And uh, I'll also be shoving a camera and a microphone in people's faces. And so look for <laughs> look for me and uh, get some. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. And, and just you know, it's a great excuse to visit Seattle. So yeah. So anyway, 
Thank you so much, Wayne, and say Jim and Bob, as always. Uh, my favorite co-host, my only co-host. Well, no, not my only co-host. Kathy Long is a co-host also. Uh, but thank you, Bob. Thank you, Wayne. Um, and we will see everyone uh, next time here on the Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Show. Please like the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. Me and Bob and Wayne and Sensei Jim, we're out. We'll talk to everyone next time. Bye, everybody. Later. Goodbye. Bye.